I love being a mom and going through this process and, you know, learning all that I can about birth and postpartum. So I would love to be able to help other mamas, you know, be able to go through this journey as well. Hey everyone, and welcome to yet another episode of Entering Motherhood, a podcast dedicated specifically to new moms going through this amazing journey in life. I'm your host, Sarah Bilger, a postpartum nutritional coach slash mechanical engineer. And as always, I'm so excited to be here with you and share all the information I've been lucky enough to obtain since becoming a mom. This episode is a solo episode about how pregnancy has been going for us so far with baby number two on the way. Hello and welcome back to another pregnancy update for you guys. Um, I am almost in to my third trimester, but, you know, still in the second one and feeling really good. And let me just start by saying I did not realize how much we have been doing since the last update until I was taking the time to prepare for this today. And I just really unload it with so much that I've been learning and preparing for and really wanted to just give you guys all the information that I know and what I've been doing. So, you know, uh, care provider wise, there has been a few updates. We had our full anatomy scan, which went great. I was nervous at first because there has not been that much movement, but I think I'm just so used to how I was feeling with Rosie at the end of pregnancy. So these little movements are, are feeling like nothing. And, um, you know, it's just such a weird feeling to go back to that first stage again of, of all the little bumps and kicks and everything when they're still so tiny. And we were also able to determine that I once again have an anterior placenta. So this simply just means that the placenta is actually on the front wall of my uterus, meaning if you were to kind of put your hand on my belly, then it would be the placenta there first and then baby. So that also could be a reason that I'm not feeling as strong of kicks and everything. Um, It's still early. You know, this was the same for Rosie, but I still feel like it's a little bit different. And the other placements that you can have for a placenta are posterior, which would be the back wall of the uterus, which is, you know, in between your spine and the baby. So it'd be back there. And you can also have a fundal placement, which would be up on the top, and then low-lying, which is on the bottom of your uterus. And it can kind of be like a combination of all, like you can have a anterior low-lying sort of, or posterior fundal, you know, it's like up high, but it's, it's more in the back. All are normal and fine, and I really believe that the only position that would not be ideal 
as if it were to be so low that it somehow blocked your cervical opening, making it harder for a vaginal birth. And also since I had a cesarean before, if it were to have grown and overlapped with the scar, that would not be ideal. But that's not the case and things are looking good. I also had my glucose test and I decided to choose the lemon lime flavor. I'm pretty sure I did the same flavor with Rosie and um, I'm not sure why I didn't mix it up or anything, but I took a poll on Instagram and Facebook and most of you agreed that it's pretty gross to do that. And um, I personally don't like the consistency of it and the fact that you have to drink it so fast. You know, I mean, some of you were saying that they had the orange flavor and that was a lot better and that you really enjoyed it. I know that there are also some other alternatives to having the test done, like you can eat some jelly beans or do a daily finger prick of some sorts. And, um, you know, if you haven't done this yet, this is something that you do, I believe, between 24 and 28 weeks. And basically, it's just this super concentrated sugary drink that you have and then you get your blood drawn exactly one hour later and they test the glucose levels and this is done to help determine if you have gestational diabetes. And so I passed, yay! And also they tested my iron levels and I'm good there as well. So things are going good in that sense and so that's reassuring. I don't, even with Rosie, my my glucose levels were, were low. So that was not something that I had to deal with. But, you know, if that is something that, you know, you just took the glucose test and, and that was determined, you know, reach out to me. Let me know. I'm curious what kinds of things, you know, you're doing to prepare or, or what's going on. Or if you are a mom that already had your baby or in postpartum and you had gestational diabetes, I'd love to chat and talk to you about that. I have officially switched over to the midwives as opposed to the OBGYN that I was with for Rosie's birth. And I'm feeling really good about that. They have around an 80% success rate for VBACs. So if anybody's going to be an advocate for this to happen, you know, I trust that they will be there and be able to help me through it all. And I actually have confirmed a doula also that I'm going to have with me during labor and delivery. And I've started, you know, thinking about creating a birth preference and I'm calling it a birth preference not a birth plan because you know I actually got this idea from a book I've been reading called Nurture and the author goes on to say how when we label it as a preference it allows for a lot more flexibility in our birth and it gives us more permission to really let go and relax throughout the process. Sometimes if we say like, this is the plan, it's a little too concrete. And when things don't go according to plan, 
you know, you can be really flustered and, and taken off track. So by just saying, you know, it's your preference, it's what you would prefer, but it's not, you know, set in stone. I really like the way that sounds and just approaching it in that sense because I think with Rosie, I was very set on this is my plan, this is how it has to go, and if it goes any differently, then it's not working out. And I think that's what really kind of threw me off the first time around. So I highly suggest creating a birth preference more than an actual birth plan. And I'm learning that language and the way that we speak to ourselves has a lot to do with our mindset circling around birth as well. I started a hypnobabies course a few weeks ago. It's actually going to be a six-week-long birth preparation course, which goes along with the hypnobabies techniques. And here in this course, too, they talk about different words we can use when we're talking about birth, such as you know, they use birthing waves or pressure waves instead of saying contractions and discomfort instead of pain. So using these words and really reassociating your mindset around what birth is, what it means, how you view it, how others are are speaking about it, it really helps you get in a different way of thinking when you're imagining birth and what that outcome is going to look like and we get tracks that we listen to to help you know get us in that correct mindset and how we want to approach birth and we'll be able to use them when we're in labor and it hopefully will help us flow into a more hypnotic state and lead us into what they call hypnoanesthesia. You know, they also correlate the color orange with this state, and they say that it's a great color to help build a heightened sense of activity and, you know, pump more oxygen into the brain, and it also enhances happiness, confidence, and understanding. So I went ahead and got myself this big orange fuzzy blanket, an orange water bottle, and I also got these little battery-operated orange tea lights that, you know, I'm going to use while I listen to my tracks and also throughout labor. And I might write some affirmations on the water bottle or, you know, some of the things on the tracks that we've been listening to and kind of repeating to ourselves over and over, but I haven't really decided yet if that's what I'm going to do or just make more kind of affirmation cards to read along with instead of solely listening to the tracks. I also officially finished the VBAC Link Doula Certification course. I signed up for this because I really wanted to learn and, you know, inform myself on all things VBAC related and and what was going on there. And I figured why not go ahead and complete the full certification so that I'm, you know, certified with their course and then I can help other moms, you know, prepare for their VBAC and, and go through that journey as well. And I plan on taking a full doula certification 
And really, I just, I love being a mom and going through this process and, you know, learning all that I can about birth and postpartum. So I would love to be able to help other mamas, you know, be able to go through this journey as well. The course has been super informative and helpful. I feel like I learned a lot about the care and preparation for VBACs and the risks and advantages revolving around, you know, VBACs and also revolving around repeat cesareans. And I feel even more empowered to proceed with the TOLAC, which is trial of labor after cesarean. So it's not officially a VBAC until you actually have that vaginal birth after cesarean. So I like to say that I am a TOLAC mom and I am going to try for labor after a cesarean. And that the VBAC is the ultimate goal at the end. You know, they also have a really great community that you can drop into and hear from other mamas who have VBAC stories or, you know, are preparing for their VBAC as well. And that's been really super encouraging and helpful going through this whole process. I also started drinking a whole bunch of teas and stocking up on essential oils that I feel will be really helpful now during labor and even into postpartum. As far as teas go, I have nettle leaf, red raspberry leaf, chamomile, and lemon balm. And so nettle leaf is actually really high in iron and calcium and can also be a good source for your folic acid, which is super helpful during pregnancy. It can also help prevent varicose veins and hemorrhoids. If that's something that you're looking for more of, go ahead and search for some nettle leaf tea and get drinking that. Red raspberry leaf tea contains, you know, your vitamins and minerals like vitamin C, E, A, and B. It also has calcium and iron in it and potassium, and it helps really tone the muscles of the uterus, which can be really beneficial during labor. You can actually mix the nettle and the red raspberry leaf together if you'd like. Um, If you have like the loose leaf bags, like just a big bag of all the loose leaf, then you can, you know, put it in your own container and make the tea that way. They say to drink around two cups per day for the second trimester and then three cups per day in the third trimester. So, you know, whatever kind of tea you're feeling or whatnot, like that's what you can kind of aim for if you're looking for a benchmark of how much you should be drinking. Uh, Chamomile is said to help promote sleep and relaxation. So I've been drinking this one on nights where I feel like I really need to wind down for the day and like I'm going to need a little extra help falling asleep. Lemon balm is also known to help with uh, digestive issues and it can help balance your nervous system and really support your immune system. So, you know, I have been having this one occasionally just throughout the week to help with that, and we also had 
hand, foot, and mouth come through our house recently. Rosie has officially gone back to daycare and her first week back, we got exposed to that. So the lemon balm was really nice to help, you know, get my immune system back in check and really help with my digestive system too. Oils that I've really been loving during this pregnancy are grapefruit, lavender, lemon, lemongrass, lime, patchouli, and tea tree. And basically all are really nice, relaxing, cleansing smells. Um, I have diffusers here, so I just put them in and let them kind of like go throughout the house. And it's been really good and calming for any other like sensitivities I have or, or smells that maybe are too strong. At least like I'm getting these scents going and flowing and it's a lot nicer than anything else. Uh, I plan on using jasmine, peppermint, clary sage, lavender, and chamomile for labor. And these smells really just help either promote labor, you know, if you want to, if you feel like things are getting started or you want to really kind of like help get labor going, um, they can help in that sense or they really just help you feel relaxed and more at ease or simply just, you know, can help create a more welcoming, warming environment to help you kind of like fall into that relaxing state during labor. So I plan on using those and I've been kind of like stocking up and, and putting them into my bag for, for labor and delivery. Another new thing I've been starting to establish is more of a morning and nighttime routine. Now that Rosie is going off to daycare, the house is a lot more quiet in the morning and I'm also getting up earlier. So I spend this time doing, you know, maybe some light exercises or stretches. And when I'm doing this, I focus more on drinking some water and then I've also been showering more in the mornings, which has been nice because I can get, you know, fully ready and, and dressed for the day. And that's been really relaxing and, and nice to do. And I try to also spend some time listening to other podcasts during that time and really just sitting and enjoying a cup of coffee or tea. And for the nighttime routine, we've been making more of an effort to, you know, clean up the toys and such after Rosie goes down. And I've also been keeping up with laundry on certain days. So I try to make sure that nothing is in the wash or the dryer on those specific nights. I have also been trying to plan out and be more intentional with picking out outfits for the next day. And this is also a time that I like to go around and fill the diffusers in the house and get more smells going. I either read a book or watch a little bit of TV while I'm drinking more water or tea again and have a little snack maybe. And I have been making sure that I'm washing my face at night and brushing my teeth and taking my vitamins then too. We also got a new car, 
which is super, super exciting. And I can't believe we didn't do this sooner. We got an SUV and I absolutely love it. I don't think I can go back to having a smaller car because everything else just seems so tiny now. And, you know, even if we weren't having another baby, I would really recommend it as a family car. And it's just, it has so much room and it makes so much more sense. So that's been fun and exciting. We also have purchased all, well, not all, but more items for the nursery. We got the crib and the dresser and a mattress and sheets and such. We kind of went with a little bit of a woodland themed with the sheets. There's mountains and trees and stuff on it or little woodland animals and everything of that sort. We probably will get to building it soon. We haven't, you know, built it yet. It's just in the boxes in the room and it's all up there. And then I'll also be washing all the new bedding and clothes and things that we've gotten so far as well. I started a little bit of a trend for myself to help with nesting and making sure that we're on track for when baby arrives. It's called Tidy Up Thursday. And, you know, I'm just taking like one part of the house at a time and working on it and cleaning it and decluttering it so that we can have that done and out of the way. So far, I have done our kitchen pantry, which, you know, I'm super happy about. That was a big sort of accomplishment. I felt um, something that needed to be done. And I've also started with the downstairs closets. So if you want to do this along with us, we're posting it every Thursday in the Entering Motherhood Facebook group. And you can post something that you actually did tidy up or something that you need help with and accountability on and, you know, posting it there and saying like, I am going to do this will make it be more out there and, and hold you accountable for that. And we can always check back in the next Thursday and see if it was accomplished. And you can even post on Instagram and tag entering motherhood and use the hashtag mama tidy up Thursday, you know, and just let me know what you're tidying up. How are you nesting? How are you preparing for baby to come? What do you feel like you need to clean up, tidy up, get done before baby gets here? And another exciting thing coming up that I'm doing is I'm holding a 30 days Heal Your Trauma Mama event. So this goes along with all of the recordings that I have already posted on the podcast. And this is a really great opportunity to learn ways on how to heal from your trauma, whether it be, you know, previous birth trauma new mom identity shift trauma, past childhood trauma, or, you know, just any form of trauma that might be holding you back from being the mother that you want to be or know that you can be. I really just break it all down into 30 days of topics and tools and tricks that I have used myself to help heal during the postpartum journey of motherhood. I feel like this is just 
as important as as preparing for anything else and making sure that we're establishing this healing journey before you even physically become a mother because motherhood will test you and it will bring up a lot of emotions that you weren't even aware of. You know, there's going to be a workbook and we're going to go along with the daily audio tracks And I'm also hoping to create a Facebook group that we can all drop into and support each other along the way. Maybe we'll even go live a few times or have a Zoom call for everybody to join in and mingle with. I have never done this before. This is going to be the first time ever. It is a completely free event. And it's going to be starting on November 1st. So if you're interested, just go to the Entering Motherhood website and click on the Heal Your Trauma Mama tab. And I'll also link it in the show notes so that you can get access to that if that's something that you're looking for. And I really just feel like, you know, this is going to be an amazing opportunity. You know, even if you don't think you necessarily have any trauma specifically or you can't think of it, it's just ways to establish a better mindset around motherhood, a really clear idea of what you want out of motherhood, you know, really asking some of those hard questions that maybe you haven't thought about before, establishing a habit, getting more in tune with yourself, with your nutrition, and overall just healing you from the inside out, like mind, body, soul. This is all encompassing. And, you know, we need to do this for ourselves. And that also is something that we are doing for our children. And if you want to heal and be nourished and just feel good in motherhood, I highly suggest you join us and do this. It's going to give you an easier transition into motherhood. It's going to help flow and, and heal from any birth experience that you've had. And it's really just going to bring more joy and love into your life, your children's life, your partner's life, everybody that's surrounding you and really just give you that sense of worthiness and understanding and really tap into that intuition and that mindset of abundance. And it's just such a unique experience to grow and learn about yourself so you know it all starts with you and it starts when we mother ourselves and we care for ourselves so this is going to be an amazing opportunity to really just take on that challenge to to heal and be more nourished in motherhood or just life in general even so go to that link and and join us for those 30 days in November. I think that's about all I have for this update. I know it was a lot, so thank you for listening in. And if there are any additional questions you'd like to know, or if there's anything you want me to cover or highlight in the next update, please share it with me and let me know. Um, I'll be doing 
other updates as things progress and we get closer to our due month. So, you know, I have been loving the interaction so far and everybody that's been reaching out to me and talking to me about, you know, their pregnancy journeys, their postpartum journeys. This has been an amazing opportunity so far and I absolutely love doing this. So reach out to me. I'm here. I love to talk on Instagram. You know, you can drop into my messages. You just interact with us and and communicate on the Entering Motherhood Instagram page or even just, you know, my personal page, Sarah Marie Bilger. And I'd love to chat and just talk all things motherhood or whatever's on your mind, whatever your your fears are, your hopes are, your dreams are, what you've accomplished this week, something that you feel like you failed at because I'm sure we have all been there, done that. You are not alone. We are all in this together and we are all entering motherhood. So thank you for listening. Well, this wraps up yet another episode of Entering Motherhood. I hope that you have found this episode helpful. And if you liked it, please share it with others who might also benefit from this information. If there's anything that you'd like to know more about, or maybe you know someone who'd like to be on the show, please visit my website, enteringmotherhood.com. I'm so thrilled to be going on this journey with you and getting the amazing opportunity to help moms during this postpartum experience. You can also now find us on Instagram and Facebook at Entering Motherhood. Mm -hmm.